Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Wartana. Good afternoon. And Josh Brown. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, chaps, it seems like games are finally starting to trickle in. The majority will be here by the end of this month. Returnal on the PS5 is coming out. Resident Evil 8 will be with us within the month, I think, at some point in May. But <laughs> it's definitely coming in May. Um, big old talking points are coming. Um, so we're going to sort of break down some other new titles like Oddworld Soulstorm. We've all been playing. Well, me and Ben have dabbled a little bit in Outriders. I know he's played a little bit more than me. Um, the sort of like... Yeah. Flash in the pan turned into worthwhile game, turned into is it just another loot grind style third person shooter thing that we'll get to in a bit of time. But um, I did want to touch on the the fact that doing the rounds in the news is the, you know, Sony aren't doing very well in regards to the general optics of the brand. We've talked about it a whole bunch. There's a bunch of videos on the channel and everything else. Um, but one thing that they are notably not keeping up with Xbox on is backwards compatibility or access to, you know, past libraries of games. And Mr. Benroy went out and got a PlayStation 3 for his troubles. So I was, how, how's that been treating you? How's the how does it feel to go well, back? It's it's weird because I bought this thing the few days before they announced we're taking a shotgun to every PS3 and Vita, <laughs> and we're just, and all the devs that had bought new kits for them, and we're just gonna old yellow them. Take something. them out back. The PS3, yeah, yeah, the PS3. After I sunk my trophies, and that took about four hours. It felt like to do <laughs> actually is fine it's still it it's quieter than the ps4 so wherever this human that took had this before took a lot more care of it than i did my ps4 and he's probably cleaned it out it's, it, it runs well like it takes it there's there's a thing i've noticed right with um analog games of that era they're all a bit sort of like there's not lag but they're a bit more stiff like all games now seem to feel more like smooth and you can play them and sort of thing but when i'm sort of turning someone in say like uh spec ops the line or split and sell they all sort of sandfish they, they all sort of move a bit more like you've got to like grease them up into it sort of thing if, if that makes sense <laughs> is it like a make... frame rate thing because everything just like is that one of those quality of life things these days that we're just more used to yeah and if you scare someone in the shadows in split and sell the frame rate drops for a bit it's just like, ah! as they're trying to run for the sort of button on the wall and then you're trying to contend with the frame rate and trying to get them before it's all these sort of things that it's weird going back to and, and playing like ps2 games on i've not dabbled in the ps1 stuff yet but mm -hmm. going back to um some of like returns cast wolfenstein and uh conflict desert storm they run surprisingly well when it sort of just works and i'm sort of like imagine if this just worked on like a ps4 or a ps5 you know imagine if we had the power of the xbox series x on the, thing the I was gonna, PlayStation I was gonna... ecosystem 
posit the question to you that uh, that Jim Ryan sort of said when he was at that Gran Turismo event uh, in regards to past generations of consoles. Do you think it is worthwhile going back to older stuff now that you've dabbled a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's certain things like, I guess he's kind of right with like, why would you want to play Gran Turismo 1 again? Like, I can understand why he would say it for that sort of game. But I say, like, I'm trying to think of a, a game on, like, I'm just going to say Hogs of War because I can't think of anything else that has never come Great forward. Stuff. Or, like, say, uh, on imagine all the licensed game stuff, right? Like, the James Bond stuff's never going to go forward. The um, Some of the older other games, like The Thing, mm. uh, is never going to go forward. Um, like Predator Concrete Jungle, that's never going to go forward, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so you need, so, so what a game. Where, whereas other stuff goes forward and you want to, you can play it again. Some other stuff's being locked there forever. Like, I can never play those, uh, like James Bond Bloodstone, which came out like last gen, mm. like on the PS, it's never going to go forward because or everything keep, or nothing or any of those like yeah. big classics. Yeah. Even like if you love them, like we might get gold now because Phil Spencer just keeps like, what can I do today to make myself look amazing and destroy PlayStation? <laughs> so like we might get that, but it's a big thing for certain games. This is, there was this game when you played like as a, as a tiger and it sort of top down and you was like beating them up sort of thing. Like I try you to remember mean, the name. Um, of... Oh what? Oh yeah, uh, that. yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I'll find the name. Typhoo. I think so, Typhoon, yeah. Like, that's never just, that's just dead to time, right? How but that you was. think of that? That's like the most deep cut poll. I was. 1995. <laughs> I was thinking about it because I was going through, like, what these games, because I used to have a special, like, backpack for my PlayStation 1 when mm-hmm. I had to go to my mum's boyfriend's house, but they would, like, go, like, away for a weekend. And, like, I was like, well, you can't stay at home, Ben, right? You're still, it's the PS1 years. You're still young. <laughs> get get over there and look like you're adopted nan. Like, I was like, well, fine. Well, I'm just going to play Spyro and Typhoo the whole time. I did Google it. It's called Typhoo Wrath of the Tiger. Which brilliant. I mean, I remember that when yeah. just animal mascots mixed with, oh, we're, we're totally maturing as an industry. So let's just never, have a big that's fight. It's never going to come forward, is it? So, you know, sadly like, not. Yeah. So that's why you like it'd be, I, I would love to find out how much it was. And like, if they just made two skews of a PS5, like, like if they just literally got a crowbar and you see Jim Ryan crowbar and PS2s into the PS5, like, there you go. It's an extra 50 quid. There you go. And I would buy it. Well, that's the thing, right? If they, I mean, we said like everyone's sort of talking about like what is the response to Game Pass? What is the response to you know accessible access points to older console libraries? And I think for me, like it's not until you bring up those games that really do feel like one-offs. Like, like that. I mean, Josh, you've been playing the thing. Like, yeah. but you had to get the PS2, you had to get the PS2 out or whatever it was, and the PS2 adapter to go back to it. But like, I'm assuming it feels worthwhile once you get going. Like, there is like a quality to that game, even though it is this weird, outdated one-off thing. Yeah, definitely, because, you know, you know, we mentioned our podcast on Monday, Scott, you don't get games like Typhoon or The Thing or <laughs> Sopranos Road to Typhoon. Respect, like, just these days, you know, as Benoit likes to say, like, the middle ground has just kind of, like, fallen out, and now we have yeah. indies and we have AAA blockbusters, and we have nothing in between, but there was a lot of interesting stuff going on in that in-between space, even if it wasn't the most polished, like, The Thing, The Game is not the most polished thing in the entire world but it has a lot of heart it has a lot of creativity it has a lot of things going for it that mm. a lot of people just won't even like know about these days because there's just no easy way to play it even if you do get a playstation 2 or you manage to track down one of those fat ps3s off ebay like roy's done like there's no guarantee that these games will work there's no guarantee that they'll work as they're intended like mm. i got this playstation 2 i finally got the adapter so it works on a modern tv and i was excited 
animated to play a Star Wars Episode One Phantom Menace, but because that thing plays in like 240p and yeah. my TV literally doesn't recognize it, so that's another hoop I'd have to jump through if I wanted mm. to play it in its in its in, in whatever form I can get it. You know, so mm. there's so much value in going back to it. It just sucks that Sony in particular is making it as hard as possible to do so because in reality, yeah, only a fraction of the audience will be doing that. But that doesn't mean it's there's no value in it. You know? Do you think, like, as a wider question, because it, it's taken for granted that you will listen to older music, you'll listen to the classics, and you'll tell you will watch the classics of film or some recommendation of a film from ten plus years years ago. Like, do you think that if you, because that assumption is on the gaming side that only a fraction of the populace are going back to these old games, mainly because of the access point not being there. But do you think that's the case across the board? Are most people only bothered about the new stuff? I think so. I think so. And I think it kind of, you know, makes sense, you know, for better and worse, I think in whatever culture we're in right now, you know, mm. you look at film and film is obviously has a much longer history than games, but you'll get people, you know, I know people and it's not that they don't like movies, but they'll say, you know, I don't want to watch that. It's in black and white. I don't want right. to go back and watch a silent movie, you know, and, you know, I, our equivalent, I guess, is kind of like PlayStation 1 games or even older where it is a bit rudimentary and they might just be off put. You know, before we started recording, we were talking about um, how even going back to PlayStation 3 games, it doesn't feel like you have the same finesse and control over characters that you do now. And you mm. kind of take those evolutionary steps um, for granted in terms of technology and you assume that games as they're playing now like that's how they played years ago but I go and boot up the thing and it's <laughs> completely unwieldy and I'm wrestling with the controller and control and, screens yeah, that, as well like just massive exactly. changes like do you want to shoot with the X button like, yeah it's <laughs> yeah, literally the X button <laughs> and that's a big task but it's worth getting over but yeah. yeah to answer your question I think for a lot of people they're just like well I don't, I don't want to you know it's not appealing it's just... to me because I just want the new stuff and I think that's fine mm. but also it shouldn't invalidate the people who do want to go back and yeah like i was gonna say with like, like films and stuff like you can't access a library of all of the vast majority of films are either on something like prime or youtube or whatever those access points are there like for a, a, a fee you can have this one-off rental period and i guess that's what they're trying to get towards with game streaming to maybe satisfy that but anyway what's your thoughts on because you've like me and you have both taken the plunge recently josh got the adapter for his console but you bought a ps3 i've dug out yeah. well, i already always had a vita but i've bought a whole bunch of vita games that i'm like oh my god they're gonna go away if i don't get them so that kind of thing but do you think the average populace's approach to legacy content is positive or are most people not involved it's, it's weird because a film is such a sort of like you just sit there and you let it flow free right you just sort of like it's whereas like you will get some people that are like, oh, i can't be able to watch a black and white film but then like if they've got if they're just sitting there then they can probably be on their phone and half watch it like most people do now sort of thing or with Horrible. music like i say Remember that song with um, the people that put their faces on the monkeys? I, I just wanted to hear that song, and I did, and I went onto YouTube and found it, and was like, "Where's your head at?" And I was like, "You know what? That was that was I a fun go time." Ting Tang, Walla Walla Bing Bang, but yeah, go I on. was also thinking of that song as well, but I went with, <laughs> but, but that that music video used cartoons. to scare me, and I had to leave the room when it came on the music channel. My mum liked that song. I was like, "I can't, I can't see these monkeys of humans' faces. I don't know why. It just ruined me." But yeah. then with like uh, consoles, like. I I was thinking of like, should I just get a PS2 and a PS1 or whatever? But then I was like, I'm a bit too lazy to buy all these adapters. So I went for the most laziest option ever, which was the fat PS3, which just upscales these games to make them sort of work. Mm. And they do sort of work. But then like, say, well, we go back to the controls, like someone who has been, who has only ever played Fortnite 
and then they build like a billion sort of story tower and then they go and play like say there's a storm they, they're playing like, why does the character go back to the middle when i finished and why are there why there's unlimited people coming out this one room which is only the size of a cupboard and i turn around they're coming right. back to me like things like that that games were just sure films were shot differently like and and films were made in a certain way but ever since like a certain era we've had film as we know as a language has been sort of like understandable and digestible to people and you can just pay two pounds to watch it on youtube mm-hmm. and then music videos you can just find on youtube where you can just go and spotify and that sort of thing whereas mm-hmm. games they're so much more active rather than sort of passive if that's the way to like go through it it's that's just- a whole other thing as well as like the <clears throat> the assumed completion rate of like having access to these massive libraries of titles like does completion rates put publishers off putting their titles on there um, yeah. But you would still, I mean, for me, like if I, if we're having a conversation and one of us brings up Soul Reaver or something and I haven't played it in a long time, I, I'm going to want to go and dabble back in that game. And it's like, the only way I can do that is, is getting it on PSP or whatever, like the nearest thing. And most people wouldn't have that access point. So I just think that the game, like, like you said, music, like music, Spotify, movies, YouTube archives, whatever, like there's gaming doesn't have that thing. And I think the Xbox is getting closer to it. Nintendo have certainly abandoned it by not doing the virtual console stuff anymore. And it's just a weird talking point where either we take it for granted that it's not going to become a thing because it's only for like weird, hardcore maniacs like us, or, you know, we, it is a massive missing, it is a massive problem and it should be brought up, uh, you know, all the time. I put it this way, like I reckon most diehard Hitman fans of that series have never played Hitman Agent 47 on the PC, right? Because <laughs> like most, a lot of people that play it now probably weren't. Well, I came in on as, two. I don't know if yeah, you did as well. A lot of people came yeah. on two because that was a console game, right? And that was on PS2 and that was on Xbox. I don't think it was on GameCube, but like that first one was only on PC. And then I had to go back to that artist because it was still the era where like Return of Castle was dying and Outcast. You could just get it running. I remember upgrading my PC to play Empire at War and buying an, a buying a graphics card and thinking I was some sort of technical wizard because I screwed in a lot of thing. And after that, I just gave up because I was like, you know what? I don't I, I can run spreadsheets somewhere else. I can't be all of this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like there's certain things that certain, these certain games are just ones like in a massive series are just lost out there sort of thing and like even with the 360 right there was the original i think it was the hitman multi-pack and you couldn't play hitman 2 it was hitman blood money hitman 2 you couldn't play hitman 2 unless you switched your 360 back to the component ports because it wouldn't run through the hdmi there was a weird thing like that that was that just a little switch thing yeah you had to take it out and yeah you had to do some weird like even on the 360 you had to do some magic there Typhu and that switch are the deepest cuts we've ever made on this podcast that's <laughs> that's a real short of age thing um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I think like, yeah, Josh, do you think the same thing that it's just like, it is a box that should, is obviously should be ticked, like access to older games. Or it's just going forward. You think it's going to be a war of attrition, like Sony will wait it out and stick by their No one's bothered type stuff. Or are Sony right now putting together some sort of all, all singing, all dancing backwards compatibility, monthly PlayStation legacy service. Yeah. I mean, totally. I think when it comes to games, especially like Roy was talking about there, you know, the scale of the evolution of technology has been so rapid compared to other mediums that a game that a game that you're used to now plays completely differently to a game even five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So we get into this weird space where the industry is always pushing forward, but then it's always viewing its past as being outdated. We're seeing that with like The Last of Us remake. At what point does The Last of Us 2013 become outdated in the minds of gamers and publishers? Apparently that's right now because we need a remake to implement new know. features. I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't agree, but I think that's obviously what the industry is 
pushing mm. for you know and to me that's a fool's game because at what point does something become outdated is it six months after it came out is it a year after it came out is it five years i think if you get into that mindset the industry will just eat itself and it will be trying to <laughs> com- com- um, continually replenish like these games or update these games so that they're new or modern when you don't have to ha- it doesn't have to be like that you know you should appreciate the legacy where you've come from and make that legacy accessible so people now can appreciate it more rather than having to view walkthroughs on um youtube or whatever they can go back and even if they only play five minutes an hour two hours or something they at least get to experience it and they at least mm. have the option what i hate is the fact that now we're getting into this period where we just don't have the option where you're just not even allowed or if you want it you have to have the resources to do so you have to have the ability to track these things down plug it in find all the adapters and stuff and it's just when it comes it reminds me of the whole internet thing right you know when we were moving moving to digital only future in 2013 mm. with xbox or whatever and then you had executives being like look if your internet's not up to snuff that's not our problem we're just going to leave you behind and <laughs> uh-huh. that's that was only you know perhaps a fraction of the audience who had that issue but it's still an issue people had and i just think it's a little bit ignorant and a little bit arrogant to just ignore a bunch of people and in this case your history and legacy to prioritize the new and the now. Well, the thing that stands out to me, which I think hardly ever gets talked about, is how even the game, whenever we make analogs to other, or comparisons to other mediums, we make them through like an artistic lens. Like we're comparing like the worthwhile, like how worthwhile is is like re-experiencing this thing uh, in regards to like, you know, comparing it to music and film. Whereas I think that there's a massive strand of the gaming industry that needs to be directly or is directly comparable to the tech industry. Because if you start thinking in like, in terms of, well, I wouldn't go back to a phone from 10 years ago, or I wouldn't go back to, you know, like the way that this, this potential phone ran this app 10 years ago, or this feature that I've now gotten used to, um, then it starts to make more sense in regards to how potentially a bunch of executives view that stuff and go like, well, clearly it's outdated because clearly this texture is outdated or whatever. Whereas if it was the artistic quality of it or the, you know, the thematic quality, like The Last of Us, for me, hasn't aged a day, but it has if you put it up against how far texture work has come in Last of Us 2. So it's like there's different ways to, I guess, approach or to talk about how something ages in different mediums. And the tech yeah. side of it mostly gets like sideswiped for gaming, but it, I think that might be one of the biggest reasons why that stuff keeps coming back. I mean, this isn't a one-for-one comparison, but look how up in arms movie fans got when George Lucas made it so that the <laughs> only versions of Star Wars you could get of the um, original trilogy were the special editions or the mm-hmm. updated editions that he'd gone back to and tinkered to in order to replace what came before. And if you want to get an original version of Star Wars, you have to track down a VHS, you have to track down one of the older DVDs, then you have to buy a VHS player, buy an old CRT television to play it as it was intended, right? And that's just one series and people lost their minds over that stuff, rightly mm-hmm. so, because they the choice then is taken away from them in the same way that I think the choice is being taken away from players when it comes to Sony's stuff, um, especially. That's a really good comparison, to be fair. Like, because if you want to play the original Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Team Racing, Medieval, whatever, you can't unless you buy those original consoles. Like, they're available right now on PSP and PS Vita, uh, and I guess the PS3, actually. But those storefronts are going to be going offline soon. But the re- the remade versions that are like have a bigger price point or whatever um, are going to continue being available for now. That's actually a really good one-to-one uh, comparison. Mr. Benroy, do you have any closing thoughts as a new PS3 owner? Or a re-owner? Uh, I went out to the Pier store and I was going so slow. I was just like, I don't want to buy these FIFA things. Just I just went off it and just couldn't be bothered. And <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm buying stuff physically. 
and I'm becoming a nut. But who knows, maybe in like 10 years, I'm like, why did I do this? And I've said it all again. But for now, there are just certain things like, I mean, at this point, I've we've given Ubisoft, Eves and whoever else all this time. Like They could just put these Splinter Cell HD collections that they put on disc or put... I don't know if it's on the PS3 store, but that stuff could just go right now onto like the PS4 or the right. the PS5. But then they want to hold on to it and also like make it more valuable. And by the time it comes out again, it like, might sell you a one later down the line. Yeah, it's it's sort of things like I think there's not to a less cynical thing. There's a reason why sort of like uh, Remedy aren't talking about Alan Wake and they won't talk about Alan Wake ever going to PS playstation any playstation console really and until the point when it does about mm-hmm. oh, everyone buys it because people that may have never had an xbox mm-hmm. can now play alan wake for the first time which all ties into control and alan wake 2 in development in it so like they're gonna have to put it out at some point and do they put it out together or and even that certain companies that we seem to like that are more loved than others though they're, they're holding stuff back and like what's going on here and what's going on there and i and Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It just it seems it seems just business like and weird to shut down the PlayStation Store unless unless you can say like oh yeah it was costing too many coins but I imagine it wasn't costing that much. Well, that's the thing. It's like are they all are all those publishers all those like archives of titles being sat on because they could sell you a remaster somewhere down the line, which is what they started to do across the eighth generation, where even the likes of like Prototype One and Two were coming back as like the remaster, but it was it was just a port. Like yeah. they you know, they fixed the frame rate, but it was nigh on the same game. At least they're doing it though. Like those things well, go down in price fast, but then you got other ones that just sit there forever and just sort of like what's going on that's the thing but yeah like that's what i mean like to, to them they were sac- they were satisfying the need because oh you can yeah. buy this game again um but it was 30 pounds like the ultimate alliance remasters that came back like they were ludicrously priced um and then they were delisted again and it's just kind of you know if you're a fan of the medium you want access to legacy generations of content or generations of games um and i think if they get in the way at all that stuff is just always going to be uh, a negative right okay without getting like too disco elysium in my choices <laughs> of how i'm going to respond to this i just feel like you know what you said there about um whether it's costing too much money or whether it's not you know part of me is like it shouldn't matter you know this is like mm. history this is your history this is your legacy and it 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 even if you're not making loads of money on it even if it's costing you a little bit of money like surely it's worth it to kind of like future-proof your libraries future-proof everything that you've made in the hours and amount of resources you put into building all of these titles all of this art Mm -hmm. like surely it's worthy investing in that so it's there for the future you know obviously you know this is the reality we're living in where things need to make money and they need to make all of the money in the world as we've heard so many times on the gymquisition um, but at the same time, like surely you, you can have like a division pushing to maintain this accessibility, pushing to maintain these servers, these games so that they're accessible. 
um, and can be appreciated by like future generations. But yeah, I guess like exactly what you were saying, that does go entirely against the cynical view of, well, we could just not do that and <laughs> sell them for 60 the quid when we one. remake them in a couple of years, yeah. And you would think that, you know, there's a way for all this stuff to exist in a symbiotic circle in regards to, you go back to, I'm, you know, just, I'm ex-consumer. I'm curious what the first first-person shooters were. And I dive into Wolfenstein, I dive into Doom. And then that reminds me, oh, I should go, I should, that's cool. I'm going to go buy Doom Eternal or whatever. And like that would go across genres, across different franchises. Like that should all work in one big maelstrom of here's why the medium matters and not be this tech focused, only the newest, flashiest, fastest thing matters. Um, and you would just hope, I mean, that's obviously what Xbox are directly trying to address with Game Pass and like, here's old games touched up automatically, um, but still they are those original games. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see how th those things uh, pan out. But right now it's it's a big old conversation of the importance of old school libraries um, and the fact that the likes of me and Mr. Ben Roy have resorted to just buying old consoles and old games rather than <laughs> uh, playing the, uh, the newer ones. Um, speaking of new stuff though, we also dove into a little bit of Outriders um, which, Benroy, you might as well take this because you've played it with a squad, I think, whereas I've yes. done the, the solo campaign stuff like a madman. I've, um, I can, I'm not sure, <laughs> I mean, sure, I couldn't imagine playing that alone uh, in a certain way without some sort of podcast on or anything, but... Oh, yes. oh God, yeah, it's a podcast game. I'm not sitting yeah, yeah. listening to the, the dialogue, quote-unquote <laughs> um, dialogue. I'm a pyromancer. I think my friend's a trickster and someone else is another person with an ability. And um, I've gone through the, the what is it, the intro again for the... Oh, did went, you do that again? I just picked up my beta save well, thing. Well, because I went to the other console, didn't I? So um, I've now, um, that's the seventh time I've done it because I played it like so many times in Poland. No. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was like the, literally the last time I'm playing this intro ever again. And I never want to <laughs> see it ever after this, skipping all the dialogue and just through this. Mm -hmm. But playing the actual game with friends, um, they introduced the welter system, which is a weird way of like, you get more like the, the better loot if you're on a higher well tier, but the jumps from tiers are like, well, you could be on well tier two and it's easy. And then you go to well tier three and you're going to get smashed and you're going to get hurt and you're going to go home crying. So we're playing on not always tier. the thing in these kind of loot games though, where all of a sudden, you know, bullets just kill you in one go. Cause that, that's like what difficulty is. There's like three levels above though, and I'm like, fine, whatever. We're playing world tier two, going through it. The and then when you're playing on a world tier that's more equated to you, maybe I'm just crap. Tell me in the comments below, whatever. <laughs> but um, it, it's just one of those fun shoot games. But what I will say, two of us are playing on Xbox Series uh, Spencer's S's, yes. and then one of the one of our one of my friends, uh, Xbox diehard till he dies, is playing on the uh, Series X. Uh -huh. uh, he's got very good internet, better than me. Um, better than my friend. He was getting booted out every 10, 20 minutes and it was constant and it kept happening. And after a few hours, it was just like, let's just give up and go and play PUBG. And we did because <laughs> that game is still coming in hot, even after that first weekend when people couldn't get in. And then you could see people on Twitter going, oh, we're almost in, we're almost in. It's weird. Like, I mean, it's on Game Pass. Game Pass isn't free, but it is free if you've already got Game Pass. I remember I That's a good quote. That, they should, they should lead with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, it, it, if you were going to buy this full price, seventy of it's seventy. It's not worth it's, the full price. It's. it's, it's I, I can't. It's, I hate to say this about things, but it's it's very middle of the road, very B game, very milk toast, very you don't want to listen to the dialogue, very play it with your friends or don't play it at all. I'm sorry, it's a game pass thing. 
or not at all. You should probably play Oddworld or something like that instead. <laughs> I will say that because I, I like going through it solo. I was actually quite surprised by how well it works as a solo third-person shooter. Like, but, like, yeah, like the actual like the campaign, like the actual mechanics are totally solid. You know, it's it's people can fly. It's the dudes that did Gears of War Judgment, and I feel like they were just like, let's just do a gear style game. Um, and there's a lot of gears DNA in there, like in terms of the the stop and pop stuff and the general tone and everything. I will say I was being bad on there, but like I really think that the, the, the early powers at least uh, work well to this. Like if it was mm. just the cover base shooter, I'd be like, I just can't. It would but, just be the division on yeah. a different planet if it was that. Yeah. But I like the thing that people point out is the coverage for the enemies and which it is because I like being a pyromancer. I like being shoving my fire into the floor and making someone rise from the sky, or like very the very five powers. Someone puts like a, a meat turret down. My friend yeah. shoots meet at people and other things when you can have another ability launches in the sky and comes down like the powers are fun they mix it up uh and that really is what saves it for me but they need to sort the servers out and mm-hmm. i mean i don't know where it is just like in golden eye where you pull in something like boris is pulling them out or boris is shoving some more servers in but we need to get these like these online games are always what online. a reference that's you're already gonna get that if you've watched golden eye very recently that's that's <laughs> very very specific to that movie i'm always perpetually watching golden eye okay <laughs> and um yeah, yeah these online games like, come on I get you might not have thought it would have been that big, but it was on Game Pass. And Game it's Pass always is- that thing, isn't it? It's like, how could you guys not know? I don't know that they put the, the tweet out, um, you know, just saying that they're doing whatever they can. They're trying to sort of manage server load. But like you said, it's on Game Pass. That's 20 million people a month and growing. Um, even if a fraction of that get involved, you're going to have a big day one load. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing I was going to say, like, yeah, in regards to the powers and stuff, the, the second I realized if you set someone on fire and then do, there's like a lifting um, sort of telekinetic blast thing, uh, playing as the pyromancer, they'll just hang in midair, scream, and then blow up. And I was just like, yep, that's, I, I forgot when games did ridiculous Mortal <laughs> Kombat and real tournament style deaths yeah. like this. Pure PsyOps, the man gate conspiracy for me. Um, and I was like, this is actually all right. I do think that um, those combat mechanics are obviously solid. It's obviously built for squad play, even though part of the marketing is, as it always is, you can totally play this uh, as a single player game. Um, I think it works surprisingly well as a single player, given that there are lengthy cutscenes, there are there are actual characters here, even if they're quite boring and bland and one dimensional, at least they they get like quite a lot of screen time. They, they believe in their story and their world, um, even though there's not that much to it. There's a lot of time spent trying to flesh out uh, what's there but yeah it's weird if you just want a serviceable third person cover shooter with special powers it ticks that box but that's kind of all was, it does i will say like i've saved miss i've tried to save mr chang like every time now and then when i realized mr chang just respawns after getting murdered <laughs> into a cutscene, and you can just keep doing that same side quest over and over again like I, I, then i forget who do i care about and who do i not like it's just the problem with these like these like, disposable online games where yeah what is what is the i wish it was like this is the meat this is the potatoes and then this is just i don't know this is we, just we need to do a in. whole a whole like separate pod on like because i have a running theory that game pass and monthly service subscription stuff makes games more disposable and i feel like i would be so yeah. interested in completion rates uh, after the rise of game pass because i would imagine they've fallen can- off the cliff Sorry to jump in again, but you can tell that I have achievements on Xbox because you get that super loud, you're a god noise when you get certain <laughs> achievements. And you're like, I've just done the first level in ODST. You're amazing. <laughs> you can just see how many people haven't touched that at all. Yeah. And sort of, you know what I mean? Like, well, like, yeah, I, I combined like a couple of powers and it was 5% of the player base had done that. And I was like, have yeah. you guys even shot some guns? Like, how You've done you the tutorial. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Josh, to bring this back around to you because you've been hovering around outright 
this for a little bit. Are you still planning on getting in or has the, the boom popular popularity period passed a little bit? I'm going to get it. Um, even <laughs> You're going to pay I, for it, I, aren't you? You're going to end up paying for it so you can play with the hashtag lads and it's going yeah. to be 70 bones. That's, I've got, I, listen, man, I've got a sickness. In the sickness is you do, you do. paying for games I know will be only all right. Like I'm, I totally, <laughs> you know, fully buy everything you're saying and I don't expect anything more than what you've just described, but I can still have a lot of fun with that. And there are three things stopping me right now. One, I have literally no space on my PlayStation 5 to <laughs> install it. Two, I don't want to buy in at this price point when it's still having a bunch of problems on the, on the server side. Mm-hmm. And three, um, it's just like the money thing. I need to make sure it's worth the price or maybe see if it's going to come down in price, especially because it is free on Game Pass or whatever. But at I can appreciate like a, a sort of division style, just mindless podcast game. Like I'm here for that. If the combat is strong enough, I played the division one solo and had a good time. I played the division two that, solo yeah. and had a, had a, had a less good time, but still enjoyed it mostly. <laughs> and this kind of feels like it's going to tick that box. So at the end of the month, when I finished Disco Elysium, when I finished Oddworld and probably once Call of Duty drops another update, then I'll hopefully get around to getting Outriders unless Resident Evil is out, unless it's May time and we've got other games to play. One thing to throw I'm hoping in to fade in. That always kills uh, squad-based games if you play them solo, because it did do this in the in the Division 1, maybe not in 2, but you would still go down waiting for people to revive you oh, in the no. Division, which thankfully the Outriders doesn't do. I think it just checkpoints you or you can't get back up again. I forget, it's, I'm blanking on what actually happens when you die in that game. I've barely died in it, to be honest. But in terms of like you know that being a thing, I remember, I remember dying and that not being a thing. That was always the thing that made me run for the hills from the Division. <laughs> Side tangent before we just quickly get to Oddworld. Yes. I don't know if I said this before, but I did the tops. It's you two of Division, where we found a way to combine our two squads of fours to give us. We were running around in a squad of eight <laughs> and we ruined the dark zone and we became kings. <laughs> but that was that was that was a fun time. The division's dark zone is by far the coolest game mechanic thing that Ubisoft have ever come up with. And it's it was scary anywhere. Yeah. It should and be then- everywhere. And once you became the kings of the dark zone, it was great. You're just killing people <laughs> as they come out the spawn building. Like you're not going anywhere. Sorry, give me a loot. You're the you're the big bullies <laughs> on the playground that all the little kids are scared of. Me, me and Josh are the little solo little kids just trying to get by. Trying to You've sneak torn around. the fence down so your mates from the other school, the big hard school, can come in and help you out. And it's yeah. not fair. That's, I don't it's, like it. It was like the early days of um. Uh, I, I was really scared of doing this in PUBG as well because you can get banned forever. Or you could do, but if you joined at the same time, then you could have another squad of eight and because uh, you you just join and you'd be all there. You'd find each other in the lobby and you'll dance around, and then you just kill more people. Yeah, there's another time. Not saying anything else because I'm scared of being. Don't don't ban me. Yeah, yeah just definitely admit it on a popular. Uh, well, it was an Xbox. You can ban my Xbox account. I did it on PlayStation. Sorry. Um, in a segue, speaking of things that aren't very fair, Oddworld Soulstorm's reviews aren't very fair because they're very negative, and the game's brilliant. I, I'm, yeah. I'm loving this thing. I um, yeah, the new Abe's Odyssey game to sort of refer to it by the wider franchise, and um, very much a, a remake of Abe's Exodus, and um, where if you go back into the history of the franchise, which I hadn't done until very recently, um, Lorne Lanning, the creative director, you know, made Abe's Odyssey massive smash hit, and then the publishers at the time, who I forget who they were off the top of my head, said we need a sequel within nine months, and he had to scrap everything he was going to do for the actual sequel and just churn out this level pack that became Abe's Exodus. Um, And then just for whatever different machinations in the business, they were only able to put together Muncher's Odyssey and then uh, A Stranger's Wrath. And it's only been now that he's finally done the sequel to Abe's Odyssey. So Soulstorm, it feels like the actual mechanical evolution of what that very first game was. And for me, I'm loving that thing. Um, But a lot of the reviews, the general sort of perception is, 
is, oh, it feels outdated. It feels very old. It doesn't feel like they've done enough to bring it up to modern standards. But for me, it's perfect because it's exactly where I left off. Like it just, it feels like it's kind of taken from the nineties. You do have a double jump. Things are sped up. You do have access to this 360 aiming wheel and this little sort of crafting system where you can, you know, throw, throw like a bottle of inflammable liquid and then throw like a flare after it and burn a bunch of the enemies and stuff like that. Um, as like an extension to the game mechanics. But for me, it being this PS1 throwback is perfect. Like, Ben Roy, I don't know if you're feeling the same vibes, but me and you both sort of grew up on these games. I am loving it. Like, I feel like a lot of the... Because no one got review codes for this game, so I feel like a lot of the reviews are people trying to play it as fast as they can, do as much as they can. And I feel like that's probably tainting a lot of these reviews. Whereas I've been playing this where I've been doing one or two levels every other day and sort of taking it bit by bit and sort of like really sort of sinking in and just taking my time with each one. I'd be enjoying it like that. The first, very first level, the tutorial thing where you started running away and then it was like slowing you down. This is- It's and got a was, weird intro. Yeah. That was very sort of like, oh, come on, I don't care now. Just, can we just do it as I'm going along? That that brought me down a bit. And then I was a bit concerned about, like, is this whole game going to be, be throwing gl- jars of water at things? <laughs> but now like I getting through, getting into like, say the first factory area uh, on the train sort of thing and mm. all sort of, all those sort of sections and just really getting back into the odd world puzzles of like, well, now I can get in lockers and, uh now it's sort of like the, there's more focus of having more maduckins with you than just like one or two mm. you can't fart so i don't know if that's bad because <laughs> so far i can't just go so and- you are though that, that whole fart thing like delving into the the lawn landing stuff it's the if you go and watch the interview on ars technica he did a whole thing about how he initially great intended interview. this yeah really really great interview really uh yeah int- intended this whole five-part series um that would be this incredibly and in, in very serious well-researched like metaphor for you know people surviving in america the class system and everything else and then when they were all high off their faces during development put a little fart button in there and uh, and the developers just laughed. just laughed quite a lot, and they ended up leaving it in. And um, and it's not that he's like hating the fart or anything, but he's very much aware that that is not like that became synonymous with that character. Whereas there's a lot more going on in the Abe fiction and the Abe's Odyssey fiction. It's amazing to, to see how it jumps at this class structure and corporate society and all yeah. that sort of thing, and and it, the, all the undertones that totally flew over your head when you're when you're like, oh, totally. He was just the fart alien when you were. Yeah. You can <laughs> fart and you can say hello and you can take over the gun people <laughs> and shoot other things. And, ah, That's something that's worth pointing out as well um, is that the possession stuff is brilliant. Like it always has been, but they've um, they've freed it up a bit now where you you know you hold both the shoulder buttons or you hold L2 and, uh, and you can, you know, like sort of meditate on the spot and guide this energy around and possess different enemies, which they give you, especially towards the beginning, they give you more um, like a whole bunch of different enemy encounters where you're taking possession of like a flying slig with a chain gun. And then it yeah. becomes like a twin stick shooter for a little bit while you take out some of the other enemies and um, stuff like that, I think is a, a nice little sort of, um, it gives it variety. You're not always just doing like basic throw the bottle style puzzle stuff, but overall- Cutscenes are brilliant too. I just, for me, it's just like, it's overall, it is this great throwback. There is awkwardness in it, especially in terms of some of the boss battles. There's a boss battle on the train uh, about midway through that is insanely awkward, but I just, there's something about the heart of it that just feels like a deliberate throwback to where they left off. And if you were Lorne Lanning after this long, that's entirely what you would do. Like you wouldn't scrap the thing that you had in motion back then. Um, and for me, there's there's endless charm in that. Um, and so I, I'm like treasuring it, but I, I get the negatives for it as well. Yeah, and the checkpointing seems very sort of like not rudimentary, but like of a time. Yeah. And I can see why some people like I I've got annoyed from it at some point. Like, oh yeah, 
You do, do go I, right back. Like if you not, yeah, if you've not run back to, to re-trigger yeah. it, everything goes back again. I also had like a checkpoint that broke on me where I triggered this dog thing in a cave and I left and came back and it was still right there. So I had to uh, like, okay, I've quickly got to run in there and jump over and get to this thing, get back <laughs> so I can just lure it away so I can finish that part of the mm-hmm. the um the cave. But yeah, it's it's just it's a sequel to that game, but it's a sequel to New and Tasty as well. Where like yeah. I felt like New and Tasty was such a just so nice to play that game again and like again like if we go back to the loop it back around and end on game preservation would should we be able to play the first version of able you know tasty like i don't know like well just do both. i want to i mean I, yeah. I have the originals on psp or ps vita yeah. um abe's odyssey anyway and um like it, it's great seeing the contrast and i think like it's yeah for me that that specific question it should be just everything but um josh are you planning on picking up the old the old farting budican abe's odyssey yes. minor man Absolutely, like I said, if it wasn't for the space issue and the fact that I pretty much just slept more like the past week, like it just no, I can't, I can't, Scott. The new map might be coming. I've got a sickness. It's tied to me like the symbiote (laughs) suit in Spider-Man. I can't get rid of it. It needs to be there forever. That game, that game can do one because when I put when I I went to play the campaign, put the disc in, install it. I think I said this before. It installed everything but the campaign. I was like, no, I want the campaign. Mr. Activision like wants you well. to get Warzone and to spend your money on the microtransactions, Ben Roy. They don't care about the campaign, just like Sony doesn't care about PlayStation 1 games. But, you know, in anticipation of getting round to Soulstorm, yes. I might boot up the old PlayStation 1 classic and play Abe's Odyssey on there, Abe's Exodus in there. The first it's Odyssey, one on I there. believe. I don't even remember if that's on there or not. It'll be it the version of that game, Josh Brown, but at least maybe something. You know, maybe L1 maybe. circle, give it a fart, do whatever you do. <laughs> um, but yes, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Sony fixed my controller. They're they're good for that, at least. Goodbye. Yay. I'm Josh Brown. Bye. Sony didn't fix my controller because I didn't want to phone them up because I'm too scared of them. I'm really scared of them. <laughs> Please don't do it for me. <laughs> maybe someday, but not now. Oh. Bye, though. Bye. Bye. Hello. <laughs>